I am Brad Levitt, host and founder of Refiner Test Construction. We are super excited to bring this amazing guest list to you of people that specialize in business, marketing, social media, entrepreneurship, and most of all, how to build a great company. AFT Construction is a local, commercial, and residential general contractor located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we are continuously seeking ways to bring value to our industry clients and network. Please subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Sub-Zero Group Southwest. Uh, amazing partners of ours. Again, we can't say enough good things about the team at Sub-Zero Wolf. Uh, amazing product innovation, incredible customer service. They've been such a great partner for so many years, and we're grateful to have them on the team. So if you're starting a new kitchen project, the Sub-Zero Wolf Cove showroom is the place to start. It provides an immersive environment to help you realize the possibility of your future kitchen. Discover what it may feel like, look like, taste like, all in an exploratory, no-pressure showroom. No matter who you are, a consumer, owner, or a member of the trade community, this showroom is ready to assist you throughout your entire project. I visit the Sub-Zero Wolf & Co. showroom in North Scottsdale quite often. In fact, it's just a few blocks here from my office, so it's the perfect place to meet with my clients and the designer on the project. When we arrive, we meet with the showroom consultant whose sole focus is catering the visit to our needs. They seek to understand what products may be best suited for the client and then explain and demonstrate special features and functionality. We can browse the complete line of Sub-Zero Wolf & Co. appliances and then view them in beautifully designed vignettes helping my clients envision how the appliances might look like in their home. And the best part is that the consumers can interact with the products. They can turn the knobs, open the drawers, and ignite the flames, discovering the best fit for them. With the help of the showroom consultant, each visit is truly unique to the client. The relationship with the showroom does not end with the appliance selection process. Throughout the entire project, the showroom team is there to provide helpful solutions and offer advice and assistance. After appliances are installed, owners can expect a lifetime of support and helpful resources. The Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom is the place to start, experience, and bring your vision to life. Schedule an appointment at your nearest showroom by visiting www.subzero-wolf.com backslash showroom. Today on the podcast, we welcome Dr. Tyler Hells from Hells Parker Dentistry in Ladera Ranch. And Tyler went to school at USC, University of Southern California for dental school. He continues to seek educational opportunities to better service patients, including courses in cosmetic dentistry and sleep apnea. Dr. Hills comes from a long line of medical professionals and chose to be a dentist because he loves connecting with people while caring for their dental health. He is passionate about helping his patients increase in their confidence through smile design and cosmetic dentistry, which are a focus of Hills Parker Dentistry there in Ladera Ranch. And Tyler, he's an up-and-coming cosmetic dentist, has uh, tremendous experience in that field, has really sought to become a thought leader. I know he's mentored with Dr. Brian Harris, who uh, we've had on the podcast uh, earlier in our very beginning, and, and Dr. Brian is one of our um, clients as well. And we brought Tyler on because Tyler really spoke about, you know, the importance of gaining experience. You know, he worked in different offices that did the HMO and the PPO and cosmetic dentistry he, to really get a good feel of what was a good fit for him. And you think about how that applies to us in construction or design, you know, how important is it to understand commercial construction? you know, commercial design, residential construction, you know, subcontractor, general contractor, there's all these different avenues. And only by working and gaining that experience do we really understand each of the crafts and then how they apply to us. So he gave some great insight with that. You know, he spoke about bringing value and having those crucial conversations with your team to build that company culture. And of course, how to create an environment without conflict, which is probably the biggest thing with customer service, especially someone such as Tyler that's dealing with a lot of customers how do you service them? How do you keep them happy and work through all those different personality traits and still succeed? So that was super important. You'll definitely enjoy this podcast. A big thanks to Tyler for making time. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast today. And I'm fortunate to have Dr. Tyler Hales with us. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, thanks so much for having me today. Looking sharp too. For those of you watching on YouTube, you know you'll be able to see uh, Tyler's looking good for us today. And Tyler is partner with Hales uh, Parker Dentistry in Orange County, back in California. And it's funny because we always talk a lot about social media and the connectors and, and you know, especially how important it is to network with people outside of your industry. And Dr. Brian Harris, who's here local in my network that we did work for, I know is a connection of you, Tyler. So explain to us, you know, that connection and, and how that came to play. Yeah, so I actually met uh, Brian Harris uh, kind of an interesting way. So I'd actually just moved back to California and was working in my office 
And I was scrolling through Instagram and I found Dr. Brian Harris's Instagram page. And when I was looking at it, I was thinking, man, this guy's got a lot of followers for being a dentist. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So, and then literally right after I saw his page in the next two weeks, I had two friends come to me and they were like, oh yeah, I went to Arizona and I got my veneers done in Arizona. And I was like, well, why are you traveling to Arizona and who's this dentist? And they're like, oh, it's Brian Harris. So I was like, why, why are we losing customers, you know, for Arizona? Who is this guy? And so I started doing more research and um, I was like, what is this guy doing? Ended up actually getting his phone number and just cold calling him. And uh, really, he actually spent an hour talking with me on the phone right then. And really, since then, we've been been friends. And so that's kind of where I first met him. And well, that's interesting because, yeah, you know, it's funny. I think there's a couple things to take from there. I mean, the persistence, right? So there's, um, you know, you're having a desire to grow your business and expand that network. And What's great about social media is it's a, a quick way where you can now have a direct link. I know we talk about LinkedIn a lot because now you can go straight to the source. You know, Instagram, you can DM, you can direct message. So so it enables an opportunity now where here's Brian Harris. You know, he's an influencer in his market with you. And it gives you a quick connector where you can go direct. And then, you know, and, and what has he said? Because, you know, you're not really a competitor, but you kind of are. You know, has that ever been... Has there been any resistance there, you know, with networking with people that are still in your same industry? Yeah, I've never felt a competitive competition between dentists. There's just so many people out there, right? And really, it's it's not that we're competition between dentists. It's really competition between uh, vacations and ways ways that they're spending money outside of our office, right? So if you can help other dentists, and I mean, we collaborate all the time. I mean, there's dentists in Mission Viejo and Newport that I talk with every day about, hey, what's working for you um, and how can we improve our office here? And it's about really we created a network. And that's what's really good is don't be afraid to reach out to people that are close to you because sometimes things are working for them and they they have the same, uh, you know, clientele, you know, someone that's on the East Coast is going to be different than someone that's close to you. So really, the people that are best to, to get to know are the ones that are right next door. Um, and yeah, that, that seems like competition to you, um, but a lot of times it's really going to be way more helpful for you in the end. I love that you share that. You know, for us in the construction world, you know, so I'm I'm part of a Builder 20 group, and what that is, you know, it's 20 builders throughout the country, and we network. You know, we have uh, conferences twice a year, and. We, we get together and a lot of it isn't trade secrets, but it's information, right? It's here's mistakes we've made. Here's how we've worked through these issues. Here's how we're pricing. Here's, you know, market trends we're seeing. You know, here's how we deal with these situations with either internal items or with our staff. And so I think it's really important. And, and I love that the dental community is the same way, as you mentioned, Tyler, that you guys are networking and figuring out, okay, we're, we're competing against a lot of other industries. How do we bring more of this in-house and, and collaborate more? And, and so how has that changed? You know, the collaboration with Brian Harris, with other dentists in your network there in Southern California, you know, how has that allowed you to be a better business owner, you know, and, and uh, expedite the growth of your practice? Yeah, I mean, it really comes with technology, um, you know, being able to kind of see what other doctors are doing, um, you know, through LinkedIn, through Instagram. And then really we, you know, text messages. There's a lot of times where, we have group text messages going on and I, you know, or emails, I'm on a group email list. And a lot of times it's just throwing out a question, you know, hey, what has anyone had this experience before and what have you done? And it's just an idea where people are throwing out ideas and everyone's trying different things and then trying to perfect it. And so with that, you know, creating, you know, 20 minds in one instead of just trying to do it by yourself, you, you see the growth pattern and it, it's been influential for our practice. No, it's, it's great that you share that because I think social media has two benefits, right? One is it's a lead generator, as you mentioned. It's a way for you to, um, you know, to build the brand to that lead generation. Well, I should say probably three because you can really market and do your branding off there too. Um, but also it's a way to network, right? As you mentioned, you're networking with other professionals, you know, in your demo. And it's funny going back to Dr. Brian Harris because, you know, this is how our circles collide, Tyler, is um, – I have, there was a lady in California that had done a lot of research, and this is many years ago, um, 
before you and I started diving into some of this, but it was funny. She had flown out to uh, meet with doc- Dr. Brian and have her veneers done. In fact, her fiance at the time worked for me, but they didn't make this connection. So she's in the chair getting her veneers done and somehow they're talking about construction and he's building a home and she's like, oh, you should talk to this AFT construction. He's like, well, they're actually building my house right now. So it's funny how these small worlds collide. So, you know, with what you're doing now, Tyler, how has that changed, I guess, your vision of Hell's Park of Dentistry now with social media and, and what are some of the things you guys are doing to to build that lead generation and, and that name for yourself? Yeah, so when I when I came on board, uh, you know, my partner, uh, Lincoln Parker, had Parker Dentistry. And I came on board and we had a great reputation. I mean, a lot of our clientele were just uh, personal recommendations and those are always the best patients to get in because they already have that trust established because they've got a referral from a friend, right? And you're going to get way more trust from a referral from a friend than someone coming in because of an ad. So we wanted to do is really find out, okay, well, how can we build more trust and have these patients come in uh, with that? And so that's where, you know, social media comes and plays a role because uh, what we've done is we, we show them what our work is and we do a lot of before and afters on Instagram. But we also do a lot of educational videos. We want people to know what is dentistry, right? And what is, what are my options? And a lot of times when I sit down and I talk to new patients, I'm like, okay, well, what have you had done in the past? And they're like, well, I had a crown done at some point. I don't really remember when, and I don't remember why. And so for me, I'm like, well, you know, who's making the decisions on what what's going on? And so I always want my patients to understand, hey, these are your options. And I want you to decide what's best for you. I don't want to, you know, have to always be like, okay, this is what you have to do. And so what that is, is just about giving them information. And one of the big things that we use is Smile Virtual, which is an option for patients where they can actually go on our website or there's a link on our Instagram feed to where they can send me a picture of their smile and their face without even having to leave their home. And then I send them a personalized video back explaining what their options are, um, what the cost breakdown of, of for the cosmetic veneers, and really what I see for them. So they're not really having to leave their home, and they're getting a consultation as they would if they came into the office. And what that does is just helps build that trust with them. And hopefully when they do come in, then we've already had that established. Well, that's great. And I want to come back to that in just a second. But but before we get into the technology and the small virtual um, What's interesting is, is you spoke earlier in, in the comment here, you had mentioned that, you know, in a, in a sense, the educational videos, right, it makes you a thought leader. And, and the thing is, there's value. You know, a lot of people ask, well, Tyler, why are you spending time, you know, providing some of your internal secrets or the way you do things or all this information? Well, what's happening is you're building this report. You're building, you know, at, if you're a thought leader in the dental industry, in the cosmetic dentistry industry, that's going to provide you a network where people say, hey, Tyler knows what he's doing. You know, Brian Harris knows what he's doing. So there's going to create that herd mentality. I know Brian has spoken about that where people are going to want to come see you. And so talk to us about just some of the benefits you've seen just spending that time in providing information um, and, and even putting your clients in the better direction because you may say, hey, you're not the best fit for me. But, you know, through that, you're building that relationship with your with your client. Yeah, so, you know, I came into dentistry because I always wanted to be able to help people, right? And I haven't been, you know, if, if you look at my career, I, I'm still early on in my career. And when I was first in, in my career, I didn't have any family that were in dentistry, right? So it all came learning from other people and really having mentors. And that's so important uh, when it comes to a career because that's really how you're going to learn and grow quickly. So... For me, I saw that and I had, luckily, great mentors to help uh, increase and, and grow myself as a, as a professional, as a dentist. And so that's the same thing that I want for other people. I want to be there if they have questions to help uh, really grow the industry of dentistry. I want people to be able to give uh, great work out there, right? I don't want dentists to fail because uh, I want I, I came into dentistry to help people and that's what I want other dentists to do. So if I can provide information to help them provide better care for patients. I mean, that's going to be way more gratifying than it is getting people come into my office and seeing kind of work that wasn't wasn't so great. 
and 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 that that could have been prevented if we just been able to help kind of one another a little bit more. Well, it's interesting you say that because you know the the theme that continues with every guest that I speak with. You know, they talk about be authentic, right? Be authentic and bring value. And if you're authentic and you bring in value, and like you mentioned, you know, the reason you got in the dentistry was to help people, and and so people feel that they sense that, and and it and it creates you know, that, that emotional journey that really ties into them, you know, and, and wants them to be a customer for life. So going back to that, you know, before diving into just how you're utilizing technology, you know, how have you seen, you know, there's so many different ways to market a company. There's social media, there's ads, you know, I know in the dental industry, I know ads is probably a big part of that print media and other things. Have you seen more benefit through ads? Have you seen more benefit through social media? What are you seeing, you know, kind of changing what you're doing? Yeah. So if you talk to anyone, you really learn that um, the future is going towards social media. Um, so websites, people don't go to websites as much. They still do. Um, but it's kind of like social media is becoming the new Yelp and uh, the new Yellow Pages. So what happens is someone's interested in a dentist, they're going to really go to Instagram and look at the feed and see what kind of work is done. Um, and so what we've seen is with social media, they also kind of get to know you as an individual. You got your stories, so you're constantly sharing and talking there. So people kind of see your personality. It kind of comes out in that. So without even coming into the office, they can look at your Instagram feed and understand, you know, who who they are as a dentist, what what are they looking to do, and what are their specialties. And so we've seen more people will reach out, you know, having that conversation again with uh, DMing on on Instagram. Um, and then they come in with some expectations or they come in with questions already that they have because they've already seen some stuff that we've done or we've, we've done an educational video and then they come in and they're already talking about it. So it just creates an opportunity for them to come in with questions as opposed to kind of just coming in and then we don't know kind of where they're at. No, I love that. And so, so it's a way to essentially vet them too. And going back to you know the technology side when you talked about small virtual because I think how it applies to you and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, one of the most difficult things, you know, if you're a cosmetic dentist is that there's two parts. I mean, you have to actually do the work, right? You have to, to have patients and do the work because that's how the bills are paid and you're operating and so forth. But there's also time vested in turning that lead generation into customers, right? And, and you could spend all day, I'm sure every day bidding and estimating, you know, veneers to be done and, is this a real client? And so small virtual is a way where quickly they can come in without having to say, okay, Tyler, I want to schedule a consultation. I want to come in. You sit down for an hour. You have the greetings. You know, you go through it. And you could easily spend an eight-hour day with eight consultations that may not come to fruition. You know, so how has that technology helped expedite, I guess, make it more turnkey from that lead that comes in to say, hey, there's there's some value here. And, and you know, we need to have further this conversation in person. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to building value and helping people to see that. Um, and it's really about setting up those appointments for success. And that's where I think that that's so important is before they even come into the office that they understand kind of what my expectations are. Um, and then also when they come in, I can be like, okay, well, here's here's what you need to do. You need to have questions ready. You know, here's some examples of some work that we've done. I want you to find work that you like and that you don't like. You can bring that in. So a lot of that time, um, sometimes it's more work, right? Because I'm having to make all these videos for um, these these patients that want to come in and see, and sometimes they don't come in, right? So I'm spending a, you know, an hour on a video, and some of them don't come in. So I'd say it's always more time effective in some ways. Sometimes I'm spending more time because I'm uh, outside of work. I'm doing a lot of these videos, um, but that's what I love to do. It's not that that's really time consuming for me because, again, it's just education. I, and I can talk about dentistry all day long, right? People always don't love asking me questions. It's like, oh, I'm sure you don't like talking about dentistry outside of work. And I'm like, no, I, that's why I went into that career because I love talking about dentistry. I love talking cosmetics. Like, and people are always like, what do you think of this tooth? And, and that's what I love to do. So, but when I create those videos for them, uh, what it does is it just it just sets up those appointments for success because then they're coming in with real expectations. And you, you have people who go around and they write their shopping prices and they want to know, hey, just how much is this? And I say, okay, I mean, that's fine. I'll tell you my price and I don't have an issue with that. 
but I really want you to understand what you're getting from me as a doctor and as really one of hopefully the top aesthetic doctors in the nation is, is what my goal is. And I want them to understand that versus like, hey, just tell me how much this is. No, that's really important because the hardest thing is, uh, you know, when we're working with our customers, help them see the full aspect because a lot of times most of our customers are looking at price and they're not looking at everything that comes along with it, right? The value behind it. And how do we have our systems in place? How do we have, um, you know, our information in front of them so then that way they can make that educated decision and, and, and know what they're getting, you know, but one of the things I know that you deal with that I deal with, you know, anyone listening, the clients can really be a challenge in some way. And, and what's funny about the client relationship with us as a business owner, and it doesn't matter which business, is sometimes those relationships are strained not only because it's a difficult client, but maybe us internally, we don't have our systems in line or we're not communicating or there's you know certain things that we're lacking as a business that's creating that conflict with our customer. And we're, we're your hands-on. I mean, it's a hands-on industry. You're dealing with multiple clients daily. You know, how have you, I don't want to say perfected, but how have you, you know, grown in that customer-client relationship? Yeah, I mean, great question. And to be honest, I don't really believe in tough clients. Uh, because just like you said, it, it all comes down to setting up each appointment for success. So if there is a difficult client, then sometimes I have to take a step back and look where the disconnect was. Because then there was something on our part that we didn't do to help set up success for that appointment. And so what we do, and that's really what it is, is we look at each each time that this happens and we say, okay, what, what went wrong and how do we correct that? And so the systems are so important in, in an office because there's so many parts running, right? To, as a business owner, you learn that that you've got to get everything on point um, for your systems. And so you got your front desk girls, uh, you know, understanding what's going on when they take the phone calls. And then how do you pass that on to when they come into the office, to the assistants? And then how do you pass that information on to the hygienist and make sure that everyone uh, is treating the patient the same way and also um, kind of representing that brand. And so that's really what it comes down to is really setting up um, that, that each appointment for success, but that comes with honesty and communication for all the patients. Um, when, when they get surprises, that's when usually you end up having a difficult patient because no one likes surprises when it comes to finances or to treatment at all. Um, and then relationships. If you have a good relationship with, with anyone, right? Let's say there, there is some argument. It's not an argument. It's just a discussion after that because you, have, you understand that you're both on the same page and there's trust there and you want what's best for each other. And when they understand that, it's pretty easy to have that conversation, even if there is some disconnect with something, so. It's interesting you said that because I think the relationship is super important. I mean, people, um, when they like someone, they're tending to do more business with them. And what's interesting is there is, you know, in relation to the medical industry, there, there was some studies done and it said, uh, you know, most of the malpractice suits or when, you know, patients are suing their doctors or whatever, it's because they didn't like them. I mean, that's a big part of it, right? I mean, things go wrong like they do. They go wrong in construction. They go wrong in the medical. I mean, they just, it's just a reality. But where you really go south is when, you know, they feel maybe their doctor didn't have, they had poor bedside manner, right? And, and so you think about that, how important that relationship and communication is, because if you have those staples as a business owner and the client customer relationship, it's going to, take care of a lot of the little things that come up. Oh, yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this, Tyler. I mean, going back to that, though, because as you mentioned, you had said, well, we have, you know, we have billing and we have accounting and we have scheduling and we have the customer side and, and the performance. So how are you managing, you know, your team, you know, any disputes because you still have a big team. You have, you know, um, dental assistants and hygienists and everyone else is working behind the scenes. You know, how are you managing not only those personalities internally, but also externally? Yeah, so there's a couple things we do. Uh, one thing we do is every month we have a meeting, and it's usually at the beginning of the month, and we sit down together as a team, and we really discuss uh, one thing, you know, is, is communication. So last year, we actually spent the whole year uh, going over this book called Crucial Conversations, 
And it was amazing because what it does is it helps you uh, have those difficult conversations with creating an environment that doesn't cause uh, really kind of hurt feelings or um, conflict. So, and so we go through that book line by line. We even had them teach a couple chapters of it so that they understood how do we create these conversations without having conflict. And that, that was a big influence in, in our practice. And on top of that, we also, every about three months, we have what we call a camping trip. And we take our team out, we get them out of the office, and we go do something fun. So we actually don't take them camping. I don't think anyone <laughs> in our office is camping. But uh, just something fun, right? We've gone go-karting, you know, we go out to eat. Um, we just kind of spend time together because we want to build those relationships, not just on a professional um, level, right? We want to make sure that our, our office feels like family and everyone's working together. And that's been really amazing because there just really is not much drama at all in the office when that, because again, if people you, who you're working with, you trust them, then it's easy again to have those conversations just like it is with the patients. Well, I think that's really important because you look at it. I mean, most of us are at work, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. So you're spending a majority of your day or life with these people. And so it's really important to have that culture, you know, so going back to that, the crucial conversations, you know, how has you know, sitting down once a month, having these team meetings, you know, how have you seen that, you know, project your business in a more positive way with you and your team? Yeah, so it was is funny you say that because last two months ago, we actually missed the team meeting. Like things were busy and it, we were kind of getting back from uh, our closure and it just didn't get scheduled. And then so we, we didn't have time to do it. And that whole month really just did not go very well because we didn't have time to sit down and really discuss, hey, let's talk about kind of our plans and what have we seen recently that needs to be perfected. And it just builds on, on one another. And so what happened is, you know, everyone kept asking, hey, we need to get together. Like the team was asking for it. Like they're asking for us to get, get a meeting together. And unfortunately we couldn't get any time that month. And so we had to do it the next month. Um, and so really it's just the team wants it, right? They want some explanation. They want help. They see where things are starting to break down. And so that just gives us the time to really do it. Cause we don't have time during the day. Like you can't, when you see patients and, and life is busy, you can't sit down with everyone and try and figure that out. You've got to set aside a time or set time aside to really, uh, hash that all out. And so once we had that team meeting, it, it was actually kind of a longer meeting because, you know, we had to kind of uh, backtrack with things. But the next month was so much better and we had things kind of dialed in from there. And so it's so important to really make sure that you're setting aside a time, you know, whether that's once a week, once a month. I mean, every every office is a little different, um, but it's going to propel you in, in the future. I love that. So it's, it's interesting. We're having our, our production meeting today and we try to meet. Uh, very regularly as well, because I've seen it's it's interesting. You hit that reset button. I mean, all of us are dealing with the day to day struggles and clients, and you know the the good fight, as you will. You know, but as you take that time and you're as a team and you're kind of sitting across from each other and you're having that meeting and communication, and you know, asking, okay, Tyler, what are some of the things you're dealing with right now? You know, some of the challenge going on with you know your projects or your customer base, and you know, and and as everyone has that more personal, where you kind of take your guard down, you have that time to communicate. I've I've seen personally that how that's built like company culture. And then, you know, you're, I, I've had other guests. In fact, I just, I, I had on uh, Better Choice Constructions out of Sydney, Australia, and they were very much like you. They said, once a quarter, we do a group activity. You know, we call it camping as you did, but it's different, <laughs> right? It's, it, it's getting out there, but it's, it's, it's getting out there and doing stuff as a company because what ends up happening, you start building those relationships and, and breaking down those barriers because we're human. I mean, that's the reality. We all, we all want to, you most of the people that we know, you know, they want to work hard, they want to do a good job, but, and, and they want to be recognized and they want to feel like they have direction. And these are some points that you mentioned. They, they want to feel they have direction and camaraderie and, and, and that's great advice, you know, for, for what you're doing with your, with your team. So, you know, how did that come into play? And, and maybe you can touch on that with your experience, because one of the things we talk about a lot is chase experience, not money. Right. And so you, um, you grew up in Southern California, went to USC Dental School, you know, you went to Colorado, you worked for a dentist firm 
in Colorado. You worked in San Diego for a firm. Now you here you are in Orange County. So did you learn some of the culture? Was that important to you being at these di- different offices, you know, and how did that experience come into play now? Yeah, so I've been uh, very blessed in, in my career. Um, and it all really started with USC. So when I was applying to dental school, USC was always my number one option because my dad went to USC. Good my, football school. Uh, yeah, till I went there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my dad went to USC, my grandpa went to USC, and my great-grandpa went to USC. So, you know, Trojans was always in my blood. But the, the thing that was really nice about USC was I'm a very hands-on learner. And with USC, day one, I get to dental school. They put us in a room, they give us a drill, and they had us start drilling. So they're teaching you kind of hands-on learning throughout the whole process. So by the time I left USC, I felt very confident with my hand skills. Um, And that's when I went down to San Diego and was actually working at four different offices. Um, But they were all very different. I worked at an HMO office, I worked at a PPO office, and I even worked at a cosmetic office. And that was really the first time I was exposed to cosmetic dentistry. But what that did was it allowed me to see that dentistry can be done in very different ways when it comes to an office. And so I learned a lot about what I wanted to do when I had my own office. So eventually I wanted to stop working at four different places and um, I ended up taking the job in Colorado. So we moved out there and it was a unique situation because there was two doctors that owned these two different practices and they worked um, in one office that was a very high cosmetic dental office and then they had a practice actually right next door that was a Medicaid office and so they wanted me to work that second office that they had Um, and why I loved it was because as Medicaid office you're just doing tons of dentistry Um, so I constantly was learning about doing everything but I also every day I went over to their office and I watched them do veneers I watched them do implants I watched them do full mouth construction And so they just taught me so much, being able to see really two offices and the workload that's going on, you're learning so much more than doing something just by yourself. And so from there, I was able to really understand, hey, I love the kind of that cosmetic side of it. Um, And so I knew that I wasn't, that wasn't a long-term position for me. And that's when I actually reached out to my partner, Lincoln Parker in California, called him up one day and was like, hey, uh, I want to come back to California do you know anyone that's looking for an associate? And that's where he was looking for a partner. And from there, it just kind of we kind of gelled and uh, everything worked out really nice. So that that's what really led me back to California. So every step of the way has just kind of propelled me to where I am today in my career. And I mean, it's just been amazing. Well, it's interesting. We'll get to that because you know, it, as as you're mentioning, you know, the experience working, you know, with HMO and PPOs and then cosmetic dentistry, and so you're getting this exposure to, you know, different markets, different clients, you know, Medicaid office, you know, high-end cosmetic. And so you're working with different people, different backgrounds, different insurance, you know, all these little things that go into it. What's fascinating is, you know, G Capital. So this is off topic, but G Capital, uh, you know, I've had friends that go into the finance, you know, business. And and what GE does is they almost do a two-year internship, right? And so they send each of their candidates, you know, they work in four different offices. They may work in Sydney, Australia, and then Manhattan, and, and, and they may work in, um, you know, uh, uh, um, equipment leasing in hospitals. They may work in investment banking. And so they, they touch these different parts of the company. And then they really realize, I like this. You know, I can relate to this. I like investment banking or I hate investment banking. You know, I want to go into equipment leasing. You know, and so there's these different things and they really learn what they're good at. And it's funny because people reach out like, hey, Brad, I, w- I want to be a GC. Like, I want to build these custom homes. I'm like, well, do you? Do you, do you know? Have you? You may want to be a subcontractor. Do you understand the complexity behind it? You know, all these different variants. And so how did that come into play? Because I think that's the biggest advantages probably you had is you were able to work doing, uh, you know, dentistry. You're able to work in full mouth construction. You're able to work in veneers. And so how did you know that veneers were, were the way to go for you? Yeah, I mean, my my career path has always kind of changed a little bit, and I take a ton of CE courses, just like you said, trying to figure out what where is your passion, right? And so where it really came from was when I was in Colorado, I had the opportunity to do a lot of full mouth extractions. And what that means is so patients would come in, 
in really a lot of pain or they just felt really insecure of their smile because they had broken teeth. They've never really taken care of their teeth. So what it allowed me to do is really take out the teeth and give them a nice set of dentures. Well, what that allows them to do is that suddenly they can eat again. Suddenly they have nice teeth so they can smile. And so it really built this confidence for them. But in that aspect of it, it really limited me and what I could do uh, because of insurance. And so I knew that I wanted to do something where I could really help people and give them that confidence. And that's where I knew that cosmetic was really the way to go because it's life changing. And there's, you know, these things where I just posted about the, the first reveal. And that's when, you know, it's the first time we kind of prep for the veneers. We give them these temporary veneers and they're, they're visual of what the teeth can actually look like. And then we go and we take them to the mirror and they, and they look at them. And it's that first initial look that they see, wow, this is the new me, right? And, and that moment, I mean, every time it, it kind of gives you chills because it's just so exciting to see um, kind of how, how different they feel like their life is going to be now that they have the smile. And it's something so small, right? I know people think, you know, cosmetic dentistry uh, or, or veneers, if you, if you want to talk about it, is, is kind of, uh, you know, sometimes frowned upon in some, some aspect of it. But it, it's about just building confidence and it's about giving people what they want. And if, some, if they lived with something for so long um, and people don't smile or they're covering their mouth, then when they get the veneers, it's going to change kind of who they are. And, and that's, that's exciting for me. I love that. You know, I think that's an important part. I mean, having that passion and understanding, you know, having that background where you've worked in these different, you know, in the, you know, same industry, but different markets, if you will, has allowed you to, you know, pursue that passion. So talk to us, Tyler. I mean, what is that process? You know, if I were to come and have veneers done, you know, for anyone listening that may not be familiar with veneers or cosmetic dentistry, you know, talk us through that process, what it is, what you're actually doing. Is it permanent? You know, a lot of people, may haven't done the research. And so talk to us what that is. Yeah, so my process is a little different than, than some offices. And the reason why is because initially I start out with what I call a test drive. And so what happens is the patient will come in and I'll actually mock up on the patient's teeth with just a flowable composite, just like a, a resin. And then I, I polish that down. So I'm really not even touching the tooth structure at all. And what that does is it gives them a visual of what veneers would look like. And it also helps them to see how many do they want, right? So sometimes patients will come in, they're like, oh, I only care about these four front teeth. And so I'll look at their smile, I'll realize, okay, their, their smile is very narrow. They only show really their front six teeth. So ideally for a fuller smile, you're gonna wanna do, let's say 10. So I say, okay, we can. I'll show you what four looks like. And I can mock up the back and show you what 10 was look like. So it really gives you a visual of, um, the difference, right? And so from there, they can see, okay, what what do I want? So it just is kind of a trial run with them and gives them a better decision versus just being like, hey, let's just do this and, and we're going to guess at the end result, right? So then from there, once we have that plan of how many we want to do, uh, we send, we take an impression, we send that out to my lab here and he waxes up the teeth to an ideal look of what we want. Um, and sometimes I, I work with the patient. I say, hey, send me pictures that you, of teeth you like. Um, and then we send that to, uh, to my lab. Then they come back, we prep the teeth, and that's where we will give them the temporary veneers and kind of do that first reveal process, help them see first look of what the veneers are going to look like. They'll take that home and tri trial run it. So they'll make sure they like the, the shape of the teeth. They'll make sure they like the color. And we can make any adjustments on those temporaries until we get it perfect for what they want. Um, and then we, again, take impressions of that, send that to our lab, who's gonna mimic the exact shape and color of those temporaries. And then they come back and we seat the final veneers in the end. And then they're pretty, per they're permanent. Once you put the veneers on, um, they shouldn't be coming off. You know, people always ask me, how long do veneers last? And I always say, well, it's, you know, you take care of them, they're gonna last you a lifetime, you know, but 15 to 20 years is, is no problem. Uh, veneers, they don't stain, so everyone questions that, right? If they drink a lot of coffee or tea or um, soda, you know, the, the veneers are going to stay the color that they are from day one. And that's what's really neat about them. It's always going to be that nice, bright smile. Which is which is amazing. I mean, that, that goes a long way. So, 
you know, when you're doing the mock-ups, how does that work for the end users? Is it almost like a retainer that they're putting in? You know, how are they, you know, checking that to see the color and fit, you know, behind the scenes? Yeah, the initial mock-up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just a freehand, so it's just this flowable material um, that I do, and I, and I design it really uh, in the office. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes. So it, it's quick. It's not it's not perfect, right? I mean, but it gives them that visual that they can see. And then I just polish it up. I shape it um, so it looks looks really nice. And it's it's really quite a fun appointment. Those are actually my favorite because uh, it's, it's it brings out my artistic side, right? I'm I'm pretty much designing a smile right there, um, and and kind of working with them with what they want and giving them a visual and then making adjustments too as needed. And, and if they move forward, you know, like typically if someone's to get a crown, it's going to take a couple of weeks, you know, for that to go get built. Then you come back in and have that installed. You know, when you're doing veneers, what's the time lapse? If they if they approve the mock-up and they're like, okay, Tyler, you know, today's Tuesday, you know, what's your what's your lead? Yeah, so our process is a little slower. It's just not something you want to rush, right? Because we know it's going to be uh, – we're kind of nitpicky with uh, – I'm, I'm a perfectionist in some ways, right? So I want to make sure I'm doing the, them good work, and our lab is really good, and so he spends the time to really make them well. So we, when they come in for impressions, it's usually three weeks from the first impressions to the time we do the prep, and then after the prep, it's about three weeks after that to where we do we actually seat the final veneers. So all in all, it's about six-week process um, from the time they're like, okay, let's go forward with it to the time we're like seating the veneers. And, and from a dentist aspect, you know, are you able, have you fully pursued the cosmetic dentistry? Are you still practicing normal dentistry? Can you do both? You know, how does that come into play? Yeah, so, I mean, I love all kinds of dentistry. So I still do a lot of general dentistry. Um, and and really what I, what I tell people is both general, general dentistry and cosmetic dentistry, they're an art form, right? Cosmetic dentistry is just creating that art form for everyone to see. And so, you know, in our office, we do same-day crowns, um, and I actually design all the, the my own crowns because I scan them, and then I, I have a computer program that, that I make them on. And that's so fun for me because it's, it's just like whether I'm designing one crown or whether I'm designing a 10-unit case, they all kind of are the same way. We look at their bite. We look at their TMJ joint, making sure there's no damage, that we're not going to cause any issues there. Um, and we're also looking at the characteristics of the other teeth, right? Not, all teeth aren't just one color. They're all different shapes and sizes. And so really trying to match that with one crown in the back, it's, it's like finding that perfect puzzle piece uh, to fit the puzzle. And, and that's what, what I find exciting for me. So, you know, when you're doing cosmetics and you're doing general dentistry, it's all, all very much the same. Just some people, they don't look in the mouth and they say, hey, that filling looks amazing, you know? Uh, it's more of the veneer side that you get more gratification from that, but but I always take a lot of pride in my general dentistry, and I love doing that. And we all and I actually specialize in sleep apnea too. So I mean, there's a lot that I do, and cosmetics is just one side that I'm very passionate about. I love that. Well, diversification is super important for any business, right? Because not everyone's going to be lining up for cosmetic dentistry, but general dentistry and then sleep apnea, right? These are different things that bring value to your customer base. And having that diversification is going to give you, you know, make you a known entity and allow you to be a staple in your market, right? Um, so, so Tyler, as things have been progressing, have you felt like there's been a tipping point where, you know, when you start a new partnership and you come on and you're at Health Park and Dentistry now and was there a tipping point where you feel like, okay, now we're gaining momentum now, social media is taking its course, you know, leads are coming in, you know, when did you feel that finally was was turning on you? Yeah, it really was a year after I bought into the practice because um, it just takes time, right? I mean, there was a lot of systems we had to get into place by adding a new doctor into the office um, and getting the correct staff, right? You want to make sure you have a team surrounding you that's, uh, that's going to represent you. So it was really like at that year mark, um, really at the beginning of this year. And it, it was kind of, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a downturn. We had to close for a little while. Um, but it, it was what it really was a testimony to me was after our closure from that, we were able to bounce back really well. 
because we already had those all, all set in place, our systems. And so what that was is just, like you said, training a team to represent who we are. And they were all excited to come back. They were kept asking us, you know, when are we going to open? And and that's just, you know, our patients were, were excited. They were like, hey, we want to come in. And so that's really just kind of uh, what, what we represent, right? Because we love being able to see our patients. Um, we love being able to work with our staff. I mean, it's fun. I love going to work because it, it, it's uh, really what I'm passionate about. And everyone around here that works in the office is passionate about it. And we have those relationships. And so you miss those people when you can't see them. And so it's just been you know a fun time and things are continuing to progress in just ways that every day is you know growing and so we're just getting busier and trying to work smarter too so it's just not like we're spinning our wheels i love that and so how, how has COVID affected that i mean right now with the market you know are there limitations on the work that you can practice and do at this time uh right now um not really. So they limited us to where we could only see emergency patients um, for two months. And so we were basically closed, uh, trying to help as, as best we could for anyone that was in pain, um, with also taking precautions of being very safe. And we've, we've, we still are doing that right now, right? We're making sure that, that safety comes first. So we have limited kind of uh, how busy our office is, um, just because we want to make sure that we're not putting anyone in harm's way. Um, the appointments are taking taking longer because we have more safety protocols as well about cleaning and everything like that, and and that's been hard because it's it's a lot more stress on on my my staff, um, but they've been amazing and and they understand and they're so focused on overall health right patients come first when it comes to that, and so yeah it's been difficult um, and with dentistry you know that everything every month kind of builds on one another. So when you close for two months, it's always kind of like a three-month process to get back to where you are. Um, but, you know, it's you just take it one day at a time and you focus. It, it did allow us with closure to really focus on what is it that we want to do in our practice and how can we adapt because you always got to adapt. Whether you have a good year or not, you're still adapting every year to set new goals and make changes. And so... You know, I look at this time as it, it's been difficult, but it's also been uh, life-changing for our practice because it's given us a focus of what do we want to do, and and it allows us to create those systems and really perfect them because we had the time. And so it, it's been great uh, where we are, and I'm, I'm excited about what's coming too. Well, well, something I've noticed is a, a constant theme. Any business that is successful, no matter the industry, it's they have systems in place. They have protocol, right? They have... SOP. They have they have an understanding of of what their methodology is, what their ethos is, and then how they're directing that internally into the customer. You know, and you mentioned that when you, you join the team in that first year, you're kind of building your vision of what you want to do, and as you buy into the practice, you know. So talk to us about that hiring process because we we spoke about company culture earlier in the conversation, but it's also important to have the right people on board. You know, so you have to make sure that everyone's qualified for where you're taking the company, that they're on board and and you know that they're not a weak link per se so you know how how has that worked you know just vetting those who are working for you and and, and that hiring process yeah so you have to surround yourself with a winning team that's going to understand your vision and work hard for you right and they're the ones that really make the experience so enjoyable for the patients um so anytime that i am looking to hire someone we always have them come in for a working interview not because I want to know how well, how skilled they are, but really how they interact first with our team, right? Do they fit in? Are they a good fit? Um, and how do they interact with the patients? So you can have an assistant that really is the best assistant that you've ever seen, but if they don't know how to really help a patient feel calm and feel heard, then they're, then they're not a good fit here because that's that's what I, what we want. We want the patients to just feel feel welcome. And really, I, I tell everyone, you know, those skills will come because I can train them to become the best assistant that needs to happen, right? So it's all about fitting into our culture and understanding our vision. And a lot of times I tell them, hey, well, here's my story um, because I want them to know where I, where I come from and why I do what I do because I want you to kind of imitate that and help the patients feel that. Um, and so 
you know, it's always about making sure they fit in with the team, making sure they care about the patients first. And then from there, we teach them all, all the skills that they need. And from that, you know, we look to always, you know, make sure that they're fun too. And, uh, you know, I want to come to work and, and be able to enjoy it. And so that's kind of the aspects that I look at when I'm hiring someone. I love that because, you know, I think you hit something that's really important. It's, it's one thing about their experience, their skill set, their capabilities, but their interaction with the customer, you know, how that is at the forefront, right? Because if they're not making the customer feel good and they're not having that same communication as if you were in front of the client, Tyler, you know, that's where that disconnect is, you know? So how has your role changed? You know, as you become partner and owner, you know, how does that day-to-day change, you know, in your mentality, your systems and, and, you know, how you're building your schedule? Yeah, I mean, as an associate, so when I first came out of dentistry, it was real easy because all I had to worry about was doing dentistry. And I'd go to work and then I'd come home. I didn't have to worry about anything when I went home. And yeah, it's a it's a great life, you know. But when you become an owner, then you're, you know, where uh, you have to really put more effort into it, right? There's much more re- uh, required of you. And, but that's what I love because you get a lot more invested into it and so when you become an owner there's your patients you have to worry about but your staff that you have to worry about and then also the business you have to worry about and you have to pick kind of an order of 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 importance right and so i always make sure you know my staff is kind of always number one that i want them to feel heard and and accepted um because a happy staff a happy staff is going to help your business be successful and then from there, you worry about business side of things as well. And, you know, it kind of takes care of itself when you kind of do that way, because um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm the best businessman. You know, I didn't take any business courses in, in college. And that's something that I've used a lot of mentors to help me grow and learn um, to where you just kind of learn from that. And it's not my favorite part of, of being an owner. Uh, because like I said, I like working with people more than sitting at a computer looking at numbers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's part of being an owner and, and it's great. And, and I'm so lucky cause I have a partner too and his strengths are sometimes some of my weaknesses. And so what we do is we really divvy, uh, up the responsibilities and some of his strengths are great because he can handle some of those. And we always have a meeting together and discuss, uh, what's the best decisions for those. And I, I always feel so comfortable after our conversations because it's, it, that's why I love having a partner. You know, like I said, two heads is always better than one. And that's what allows us to propel so much faster. Well, it's funny because I think a lot of people listening, you know, many people are very aspirational and they, you know, they want to be the owner, start their own company. And, and you don't realize like all the stresses and responsibilities that come with it, right? All the things that keep you up at night. And it is not something you can just turn off. And the and life of an entrepreneur, business owner, you know, your, your emotions, your ups and downs can change literally five minutes, you know, every five minutes you could be high and then low, depending on, you know, issues or problems you're dealing with. And so how do you keep that positivity? You know, what are some of the outlets you're doing to manage that work-life balance, that stress, because it is hard to shut it off and it's hard to manage, you know, you have so many hats that you're wearing, you know, so what is, what's an outlet for you and how are you managing to cope with that? Yeah. I'm lucky because I live in California and that's what I grew up here. And so there's so many outlets here. I love going to the beach. Um, and I have amazing family. My wife is, is my rock. I mean, she supports me in everything I do. She's my number one fan. So anytime I come home and you know, I'm, I got an email and I'm kind of frustrated or worried about having to have that crucial conversation. She's great. Cause she just kind of talks me through it or she just sits there and listens to me. Um, and then I have three beautiful, children and and i mean anytime you look at them you can't be mad they just come up and they are just so happy and fun and and so we're either at the beach i love going surfing and that's so peaceful for me being able to be in nature just see these um amazing waves and uh kind of the coastline and uh and then also my faith obviously going to church and uh having that group of of uh, really family members that that all have that same same belief is, is helpful and so 
you know, all those things really make uh, some of those hard times go away pretty easily uh, because you just have a great support system. And there's so many people that I can turn to when you're just kind of having a bad day and it's easy to to remember the, the things that you can be blessed for. And, you know, I've been so blessed in my life to really to have those. So it, it's it's easy to really get hard on yourself. But, you know, I really am so blessed with everything I have around me. Which is awesome. It's great perspective because the reality is it's funny, you know, you hear the term work-life balance and the reality is a lot of times there's not a lot of balance, even as much as you try, yeah. you know, because work is just, it's going to consume and being an owner consumes a lot. But, but the important thing is, as you mentioned, you have to have outlets, right? You know, family and surfing and, you know, sports and, you know, church. I mean, what, whatever it is, you know, that helps, um, just helps kind of take things, uh, you, you know, it makes it real, right? To what you're doing. So what what's upcoming for you, Tyler, for um, for the company for Health Parker Dentistry? You know, what are some things you're excited about? Yeah, so you know we've got some big things coming, and uh, really a lot of it's just continuing to create content, right? Creating videos and um, educational things for our patients. Um, really continuing with our uh, small virtual. I, th- I think that's huge in, in creating an opportunity for that. Um, and also just working with influencers, you know, they have a big impact on a lot of their followers because they have that trust already built in there. And they, you know, sometimes are on such a high platform that they have some insecurities about things and being able to create an opportunity for that. Um, so let me ask our, you about that. How have you done that? How have you, you know, utilized influencers and, you know, and, and, and seen the value there? Yeah, I mean... We use influencers a lot. You know, a lot of times they'll reach out to us. And like I said, I, I'm always willing to work with anyone uh, that can bring value, right? I think that that's important because um, if you understand what I bring is value, then I'm going to uh, respect what, what value you can bring to our office. So working with influencers, they, they have a lot of value because they have trust with with their, their people because they're real. And you've got to work with the right ones. Um and, and that also kind of represent the brand, right? We, we're all about overall health and um, exercise. And so with that, you know, we also help them create an opportunity where they have some insecurities, whether that's with their smile or whether they have some kind of uh, sleep issues and things like that and helping them feel, feel healthy again. And that's really what it comes down to. It's more about uh, creating, helping them build off something that they want to change and then they kind of just record the process because they're, it's all about being open too, right? I want people to understand what we do here. There's nothing I want to hide with what happens in dentistry. Most people don't know what goes on here. So the more that we can be open about the process and um, little tips and tricks, then it, it's going to be better for everyone in the end. And influencers do a great job to kind of expose that and show, show that to their followers or to people who are interested. Well, it's important because you think about just, you know, that ripple effect, you know, not only what you're doing through social media and through your marketing campaign, but when you're working with other influencers that are even in different industries, as we mentioned earlier in the conversation, they have a reach and a network. And so what ends up happening, you're multiplying your efforts, right? And and that's the key. The more, you know, the bigger net you can cast, that's going to allow you to now, you know, nestle in on what you're doing. So how can our listeners find you, Tyler? Yeah, so we're located in Ladera Ranch, um, which is South Orange County. Um, It's an an awesome community we have here. Uh, Our website is www.halesparker.com. And you can also find us on our Instagram. It's it's Hales Parker Dentistry. And from there, uh, we show a lot of content. Um, We do a lot of videos. Please DM me with any questions you have. Uh, Like I said, I'm... I'm always on there answering questions. People want to know, you know, from whitening, what, what are some options for whitening to uh, how, how do I, I have this lump on my chin, what do I do with that? And it's easy to give some educational videos that I can send real quick to them because I just want to be open and, and, uh, and honest with people and help them out as best we can. So reaching out and we can also do a small virtual if you're interested. You know, send me a picture. Let me know what things you, you feel insecure about or want to change. And that's where I can send you a personal video about it. And that's on our website or it's on our Instagram bio as well. Um, so 
you know, we're 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 around. We're, you'll always be seeing videos and things from us coming out. Well, I love it. I'm excited to see what's to come. So, Tyler, thank you so much for making time today. Yeah, Brad, thanks so much. Really had a lot of fun. So, again, a big thanks to our friends at Sub-Zero Wolf uh, here in Scottsdale for the opportunity to bring this podcast to all of you. And just as a recap, you know, Dr. Hales gave some great insight just on the importance of bringing value. You know, bringing value to the client, finding ways to expedite, you know, the process and communication with them. And diversification, you know, he talked about that it's not just a, your normal dental practice, right? With cosmetic dentistry and sleep apnea, healthy living, you know, these are things that affect, you know, his industry. And, you know, how does he walk through that process of mouth construction, you know, full mouth construction? And how important for us is that to understand how we set those expectations with our clients and give them a good recap and a good analysis of, of what we're going to be doing and how we're going to do it and the time frame involved. Because the more information that we can give to them and set them up for success, the less they feel that they have to micromanage us. And really, it's all about creating comfort, right? Finding ways that we don't have conflict with our customers. And, and that's key because less conflict means more happiness uh, and, and better progress on our projects. So big thanks to Tyler. Go give him a follow and check out what he's doing.